This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Welcome everyone that's just tuned into Radio Care Pulpit. You're with Alana Willyfeeb with my program called Body Matters. And I just want to welcome you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, today I'm going to chat about the character of God and how we as Christians can represent God and his character. So let me jump in straight away with the scripture from Psalm 103, verse 1 to 3. And this gives us such a beautiful description. I love this. This is one of my favorite scriptures. And just to give you an idea of the character of God. So it says in Psalm 103, 1 to 13, it says, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my innermost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So God has benefits. Who forgives all our sins and yields all our diseases. Who redeems our life from the pit and crowns us with love and compassion who satisfies our desires with good things so that our youth is renewed like an eagle's. The Lord works righteousness and justice for the oppressed. He makes known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or pay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Now, if we listen to that, there's so many benefits that God has for us. He's slow to anger. I mean, he um, yields us of our sicknesses. He loves us. He crowns us with love and compassion. So yet it says God is compassionate. His desire is to give us good things. He wants to renew our youth um, you know, he he is a just God, and especially for those who are oppressed. Um, God is abounding in love, slow to anger. He's gracious. He doesn't hold grudges. Um, he treats us. He doesn't treat us the way we deserve to be treated. And that's God's mercy. And as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on us. So, What can we take from this? We can take that God is a good father. So we need to understand and believe that the Lord is a good father. He wants the best for us, even if we don't feel like we deserve it. The Lord wants to heal us. He wants to see us prosper and walk in the plans and purposes that he has for our lives. And in Jeremiah 29 and 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, 
Its plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. So what does it mean? It means that God's heart towards us is good. And I remember Bill Johnson saying once, I just want to get this statement straight. And he says, God is good and the devil is evil. And sometimes we get confused. We don't always, you know, we we struggle sometimes with the fact that God is good. Is he really good? So let's look a little bit at God's character. You know, it says he is a God of love. You know, the more time we spend with God, the more we get to know his character. It's like a relationship. You know, when we um, give our lives to the Lord, it's not about works. It's not about anything. It's about a personal relationship that you and I have with him. And the more we spend time with him, the more we will get to know God's good character. And in Psalm 145, 8, and I just want to repeat it, actually repeats what I just um, read in Psalm 103. It says, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. And then another scripture in Psalm 116, verse 5 says, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion The Lord protects the simple hearted. When I was in great need, and this is David saying this, he saved me. Be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to me, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. You see, it's out of a relationship with the Lord that we will experience his goodness. You see, our Father God is approachable, and we can ask him anything you know in Matthew seven eleven, it says if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give what is good who ask of him and there's also another scripture that says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord you know God is a God of love that is who he is and we, we sometimes, as people, you know, we, we doubt that love. But let's take a short break and then we come back and just focus more on God and God's ultimate love. Welcome back. If you've just tuned into Radio K Pulpit, you're with Alana Willie for you. And today I'm chatting a little bit about the character of God and how we as Christians can represent God's character. You know that God is a God of love and He is a good God and that every good and perfect gift comes from Him. You know, the thoughts He has for us, the plans He has for us, as in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, is good. You know, God is a good God. He wants the best for us. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to, to, to prosper in every single thing. And so I just want to quickly just focus about, or sorry, focus on God, God's ultimate love. You see, Let's go on what is written in John fifteen thirteen because I think this is such a beautiful scripture. It says, greater love has no man than this, that one should lay down his life for his friend. Isn't that beautiful? 
Jesus did that for us when we were sinners, even when we didn't deserve it. There's no greater love story than the cross. You know, it is a self-sacrificial, unconditional love, which we will never fully comprehend on this earth, but only one day in eternity. God gave his only son for us. Now think about that. You as a parent, would you give your only son? Would you sacrifice your child for people who are not serving God at all so that maybe they could come to God? I don't think any of us can comprehend that. So God is a God of love. In 1 John four sixteen to 17, it says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. So there's a synonym for God. It says God is love. It's not God is like love or God can be compared to love or the character of God is love. No, it says God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. By this is love perfected. To me, that's such a powerful scripture because what it's actually saying is that when we've got God's spirit in us, we have got God in us. We've got love in us. So whoever lives in love. So if when we demonstrate love, we are demonstrating the fact that God resides within us. And when we live out that love, when we choose to love, we are perfecting God's love in us and through us. You see, God is love. And as believers, his spirit, as I said, dwells within us. Love is the thing that sets us apart from non-believers. And I believe also that that people that don't serve God can love. But this love is a supernatural love. You see, love should be every believer's trademark. In John thirteen thirty five, it stipulates, it says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. You know that we cannot love others the way God intended us to, if we don't have the spirit of love, his, his spirit in us. God's entire being consists of love. He's a good father and there's no evil in him. God's love, even towards us, is unconditional. And that to me is so beautiful. It's an unconditional love. His spirit dwells within us. God dwells in us, which means his love is in us. And if I look at Romans 8, 38 to 39, it says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So think about that. If the Spirit of God dwells within you and that Spirit is God and God is love, then love 
resides within us. So nothing can separate us. In any, nothing in creation, nothing in God's creation can separate us from His love because His love dwells within us. You see, when we comprehend that God is a, a loving Father, you know, we are able also to put our trust in His character and know that He is not out to punish us. And and I put that in, and I know it's quite a, a twist, but if you know that God is good and He has your best interest in heart, why do we still struggle to trust Him? And I'm just putting out that question. Why do we still struggle when He says that, um, you know, nothing can separate us from His love, that His intention towards us will always be good when we put our trust in him. But we struggle with that. So I want to read 1 John 4, 18 that says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears has not been perfected in love. Now what, is, what does the scripture mean? The scripture is saying, when me and you fear, when we fear things, that fear is normally the opposite of faith, meaning we don't trust God. We have a situation and we really, uh, we're fearful in that situation. What we're actually saying to God is, I don't trust you, God. But when we understand that God is love, you know, then we will know that that our love will be perfected in him. We will, we will understand that, God, you love me so much. You will not allow anything to happen to me. So some of the questions I, I just want to touch on is how do we perceive God? Because the way you perceive God has got a lot to do with how your relationship with God is going to be. You see, most of us may struggle to believe the concept because we don't believe that we are good enough. Sometimes we feel like we're not good enough or deserve the good things that God has for us. You see, God is not interested and this is this is a word for someone. God is not interested in what we can do for him. He is interested in who we are. And who are we? We are creations of Christ Jesus. Because we were created for him and for his purpose. We don't have to perform in order to gain his acceptance or his love or his favor. He loves us just the way we are. Why? Because God loves us unconditionally. Nothing can separate us from His love because His Spirit dwells within us. So from my experience in inner healing, I've discovered that many of our perception of God or our perceptions of God are somehow related to the way that we view our earthly fathers. You know that our fathers have such an important role, any father, because the way we perceive father, our fathers on earth is normally the way we perceive God in heaven as a father. Because that's the only thing that we can relate to is what we see and experience in the physical. And so just to give you some examples, and, and when I talk about inner healing is when I, when I was involved with inner healing and um, with people and somehow the way, as I said, the way they perceive their earthly father, they, they could kind of relate to that as how Father God would also be.
So from my experience, I've discovered that many, as I said, our perceptions of God are somehow related to the way we view our earthly fathers and based on our childhood experiences. Our perceptive of God may be that he is a disciplinarian. Maybe you see God as a disciplinarian or God has been strict or unapproachable or unloving and or, um, you know, that Father God is not close to you, that God is... You know, you can't trust him. And sometimes and we find that it's because we relate God as a father to our earthly fathers. And, you know, humans will always fail us. We must remember that our earthly fathers are not perfect. And they have, you know, I always say to friends of mine, you know, as parents, it's like imperfect people raising imperfect children. We all got our shortcomings. We all fail. And some of us try and do our very best. We fail our kids. We sometimes say things we regret. We maybe act and um, on certain things that we shouldn't have because we don't always know how to deal with things. And even as fathers, that responsibility, because our, our children's identities come from the father. The father installs identity. And as fathers, if we do not represent God to our children or to the children, then they will have a warped perspective of God as a father. Because it's so difficult to, to relate to something you cannot see, to something that you have experienced and that you have seen. You see, humans, as I said, will always, always fail us in some other way. But the Lord is our perfect father and he will never fail us. You see, he's our creator and our father. And in 1 John 3, 1, it says, See what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Isn't that beautiful? You know, some of us might have been raised in households that we didn't have that perfect father. But Father God is our perfect father. And he is secure. He doesn't um, change. And today he's good. Tomorrow is not good. Father God is consistent. So how does God see us? You know, the Lord does not think or see us the way we think or see ourselves. There's a quote I read somewhere and it says, I am who I think you think I am. And I want to read it again because I want you to think about it. I am, this is when you talk about yourself, I am who I think you think I am. You know, we are so influenced by our circumstances and what others think of us. As humans, we don't have an accurate perspective of ourselves because we live in a fallen world and our vision is distorted by our earthly paradigm. And our paradigm is a collection of all our experiences, the way we were um, and the way we interpret our experiences. And that influences the way we believe things or our belief system. You see, we are influenced by the world what the world thinks and what the world says about us. But you see, God sees us as perfect and undefiled for his purpose. Why? Because God created us perfect. In Psalm 139, it says, I created you in your innermost being. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
You see, we were not rejected or rejects or anything when God created us. The only fact that we exist is because he created us. Now, if God is good, would he make something that is um, faulty or um, no? No, it's the world that influenced us. It's a thing that we believe. And sometimes we see ourselves the way the world sees us, you know. Someone might have said to you, you're not good enough or you're not beautiful enough or you will never amount to anything. But that's their perspective. And sometimes we believe that perspective. But God sees us perfect and undefiled. He knows us beyond our scars and our afflictions. He knows our heart and our potential, our calling and purpose, our strengths and weaknesses. And he looks beyond all of that, all of the things that we've been on this earth, that we've been through, all the knocks we have taken. God sees us pure, the way he intended us, and he's got a purpose for us. And he wants us to live a righteous, peaceful and joyful life. He wants us to know the truth. He wants us to know our worth, our identity and our authority that we have in him. Because we are the daughters, the sons and the daughters of the Most High. The Lord is for us. He's not against us. And that stands in Romans 8.31. God is for us and not against us. So I'm going to touch a little bit about God's character. And when we've got God's character in us, God in us, you know, God has predestined his people to be conformed to the image of his son. That is that is to become like Jesus. You know, our purpose on this earth, one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit is transformation. When we've got God's spirit inside of us, which is love, one of God's characters, which is basically all the fruits of the spirit really is summed up in one fruit, and that is love. And it says God is love. So if God is love and God is in us and love is in us, okay, and we need to walk it out. We need to walk out that love. We need to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. So love is the foundation of kingdom living. As Christians, everything we do should be motivated by love. In Corinthians 16, 14, it says, let all that you do be done in love. Every other kingdom principle, anything you can think of, faith and all of that is built on the principle of love. Why? Because one of the greatest commandments that God had given us is to love one another. And I just want to read from 1 Corinthians 13, 3 to 8 says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love. I mean, if you can do all these wonderful things, but you don't have love, you are like a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have gifts of prophecy and can phantom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. So what is he saying? Without love, we cannot please God. We cannot please God. And love is one of the fruits of the Spirit and probably, as I said, one of the most important fruits of any Christian that we should be displaying. In 1 Corinthians, it says, Now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest is love. 
You see, when we are in heaven, there will be no need to have faith or hope, but we will still be required to love, love one another. And as I mentioned earlier on, one of the greatest commandments that the Lord has given us is to love God and to love one another. And in John thirteen thirty four, it says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. So, much, so you must love one another. Why is it called a new commandment? One of the reasons is that love did not fall under the law but falls under the grace of God. The law never required anyone to love, but it was defined by works. So without the Spirit of God inside of us, as I said earlier on, we are unable to love others as God requires us to love. Why? As I said, because God is love and His Spirit dwells within us. And in Matthew twenty-two thirty-six to 40, uh, it says here, yeah, the teacher, they asked, the, they asked him, the, the disciples, teacher, which is the greatest commandment? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with your entire mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. You see, we are commanded to love the Lord and to love one another. Why do we have to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, and entire mind? You see, when our thoughts come in line with His thoughts, then our hearts will come in line with His heart. And our actions will display God's character. And His character, God's character can be summarized in one word, and that is love. In 1 John 14, it says, love has been perfected among us in this. Now, how, what are they saying? Love can be replaced, but God, God has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, as God is, so are we in this world. Now, think about that. It says, love has been perfected amongst us. What does it mean? When God's love in us and through us, when we experience his love and we live it out, then when we stand bold, we can stand bold in judgment. So as God is, so are we in his world, meaning we can not be afraid of judgment because we have represented God's love well on this earth. You see, the greatest need of all humanity is to be loved. If you think about it, every single one of us wants to be loved. You see, unfortunately, in this world, the perception of love is so distorted by the enemy. You know, the concept of love means different things to different people. Everyone is seeking love and acceptance. If you think about it, in this fallen world, everyone wants to be acknowledged. People want to be acknowledged. They're, they're looking for love. They're looking for acceptance. And sometimes people will go out and find it in, in ways which doesn't please God. You know, love is such a powerful force in each one of our lives. Even people that don't believe in Jesus, they are looking for love because everyone has an innate sense to belong and to be loved. What we are really looking for is the love of Christ. And what is Christ? What is God? He is love. You know, we, we are looking, when we look at the world, the world is so desperate. 
those who don't have Christ are desperate. They've got a void inside of them and they need Jesus. Jesus is that void. He's the only one. Jesus Jesus is the only one that can fill that void inside of all of us and give us a sense of belonging. You know, why do people get involved in gangsters and all these things? Because they want to belong. They want to be part of a family. So in 1 John 3, 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. You see, when we belong to Him, we are part of His family. When we've got the Spirit and God in us, we now belong to His family. There's a belonging. That need is now being fulfilled. That love is now being fulfilled by God. We don't have to go and look for it elsewhere. God is enough. He is our Father and we are His children. It is only in Him that we'll find perfect love and have the desire and ability, as I said, to truly love others. You see, as believers, we need to be ambassadors for Christ. God needs us, His children, to reveal His love to a broken world. Now, if I think about it, you know, we are the hands and feet of Jesus, those of us who belong to God. I mean, how would people who don't know God experience God if it wasn't for believers? Helping them, caring for them, demonstrating love, demonstrating kindness, gentleness, all of that. You see, John 1, 4, 9 says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. This is God. Jesus is saying here, if you see me, you see the Father. What is he actually saying? When Jesus was on this earth, he was the hands and feet of God. He represented Father God in heaven. And as Jesus represented his Father on earth, so should we represent God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The world is looking for love in a real and tangible way. And God needs us. So what does the Bible say about love? What is love? Okay, so in 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 8, it says, let me go, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it does, is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. Now, as I read this to you, Think about, this is what the Word of God says about love. And think back of what I said, God, the Word of God says God is love. So when we read what love is, this is what God is to us. We can replace the word love with God. Love is patience. God is patient. Love is kind. God is kind. It does not envy. God does not envy. God does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrong. Isn't that beautiful? And, and I'm saying this because the word of God says that he forgives us sins and takes it from us as far as the east is from the west and remembers it no longer. And, and here it says he keeps no record of wrong. It keeps not. That is love. So I'm putting it in my words to say this Corinthians 1 verses 13 
is a demonstration. It's just another demonstration of the character of God. And it says here, and I'm going to carry on, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always preserves. Love never fails. God never fails us. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part will disappear. And to me, that is so beautiful. You see, love is not just um, an emotion. Love is a doing word. It says love is kind, love is patient. It's not the way you feel. It's what you do. It's how you demonstrate it. And so when we read Corinthians, we can clearly see that love is not based on an emotion. It's a decision to choose to do what's right. You know, if someone told you that they loved you, say your husband said, you know what, I love you, or your wife said, I love you. But they, they never spend time with you. They don't comfort you. They don't take you out. They're not interested in what you say. They're not patient with you. Even though they said, I love you, would you really believe it? No. Love is not merely words. It's a demonstration. It's an action. And um, you see, because love is, again, an action. And God says in John 14, 15, he says, if you love me, you will obey me. What is God saying? If you love me, you will do the things I ask you to do. Why? Because so many times we can say, Lord, Lord, I love you so much, you know. And then God says, I want you to do something. And you go, no, 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 not, not now. I'll do it when I want to. You see, the Lord stipulates that there is a connection between loving him and obeying him. It's like having children who you tell them to do something. They say, oh, mom, I love you. I love you. I love you. And then you say, listen, I need you to clean your room up. And they just ignore you. You know, sooner or later, you, you, you're going to get fed up and you're going to get angry. And you're going to say to them, listen, I don't want to hear you tell me I love you. I need you to do what I ask you to do. You see, this is God's heart. This is exactly how God feels when we disobey him. And so love is an action. If you love me, says the Lord, you will obey me. So this is the kind of love we show towards God. But God wants us also to demonstrate love to others. So sometimes it's so easy to love the people that are good and kind to you. But, you know, it's so difficult to love people that are not kind to you. And it says here, um, we should love our enemies. That's what the word of God says. So love also requires that we love our enemies and not just our enemies, even non-believers. Why? Because God loves the non-believer just as much as he loves those who belong to him. You know, God's heart, he says, is for the lost that is why he sent his only begotten son so that no one would perish, but that all will have eternal life. And in Luke 5, 31, 32, it says, And Jesus said unto them, he said, It's not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, 
but the sinners to repentance. You know that consistent love can melt the hardest of hearts. It can yield the, the hearts of the brokenhearted. It can quiet the, the fears of an anxious person. And we need to be that to this world, to this fallen world. And as Christians, we need to clothe ourselves with love every day. It says in Colossians 3.14, And above all of these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Isn't that beautiful? Clothe yourself in love. And we need to reflect the true character of God. So let's take a short break and then we'll end off. Welcome back. This is Alana Willifier and you just tuned into Body Matters. Today I'm talking about the character of Christ or the character of God. And in a nutshell, the character of God can be summed up in one word and that is love. And I'm chatting about how we as Christians can represent God on this earth and how important that is. But unfortunately, I'm almost at the end of the program. So I'm just going to summarize everything I've chatted about and that we can we can just end off. And I'd love to pray for each and every one of you before I say goodbye. So what I really touched on was God's character and that a God is a good God and that God can be summed up as love. And sometimes how we perceive God could be related to the way we see our fathers and that's why sometimes it's such a a huge responsibility for a father earthly father to represent father god well and we are living in a world where there are so many people that are lost and the one thing that they crave each one of us crave is love you know we all need love and we look if you look at the world the world is looking for love and acceptance in many ways so many ways because we have because they have a void inside of them and that void is god and you know the world needs to experience god in a tangible way and how can they do it but through us we need to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And that's why the word says in Corinthians, when they talks about what is love, love is not a, a, an emotion. It is love in action. And that is what we are. We need to um, be a vehicle where we can demonstrate God's love to this world. Otherwise, it will not know about God. And it's God's love that sets us apart from every other non-believer. So today I just want to pray for you. I want to end off by praying for you. And Father God, I just want to come and bring every listener to you today, Father. Clothe them with love. Clothe us with love. Help us, Father, to demonstrate your love in this fallen world. Thank you that you are a God of love. Thank you that nothing can separate us from your love because your love abides in us. And if we abide in you, Lord, we will be able to love others as you love them. Father, just take away any distorted uh, image that we have of you. And any listener, Father, that's not sure of your goodness, I pray today that you will touch their hearts knowing that you are good. Your plans are good towards them, Father. It's good towards us, Lord. Your plans are to prosper us, not to harm us, but to give us hope and a future. 
So touch every listener today, Father. Fill them with your love. Fill them with your peace. Fill them with your hope. And Lord, may we be, make us willing and able to obey you, that we will demonstrate our love towards you by our obedience and to demonstrate the love that you have put inside of us towards others. Lord, let your love flow in us and through us, that all men will know that we are your disciples. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to thank each and every one of you today that's tuned in. I hope this word has inspired you. And, you know, just to remind you again that God is a good father. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. So please tune in again next Saturday at the same time. Um, from me, Alana Willie, for you have a blessed and beautiful week. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.